0: This is Fatima from the Tracing Architecture team, and we want to share something with you.
1: This is a hot topic. I mean, it has gotten the attention of the press throughout the United States. Some of that is, in my view, vastly overblown. I have thought for a long time there is kind of a thirst, to use a water (laughs) phrase, in the Eastern press to demonize Phoenix, there is, I think, a sort of Eurocentric perspective um, in the United States. That is to say, that the natural order of things is for people to live where it is cold, clammy, and rains a lot, like Northern Europe and like the East Coast of uh, Northeast Coast of the United States. And therefore, there is an expectation that those people who move to Phoenix are crazy, unbridled hedonists who are summing themselves and. Wasting water like crazy, and really shouldn't be that many people living here. And so we were beginning to get word this declaration by the Department of Water Resources when it was going to come out. And I was concerned that it would be seized, as it has been, by the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, to a lesser extent the LA Times, because that's sort of the picture of Western water is Arizona and California are the big dogs who fight with each other about mm-hmm. the Colorado River seized by those entities to reinforce this notion that, that Phoenix is in big trouble. It's not. That's not what the declaration means. The declaration means that the Groundwater Management Act is working the way it's supposed to work.
0: You just heard from Grady gamas Jr. He's a land use lawyer here in Phoenix. He's talking about a recently announced pause on water supply certificates by the Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs. We learned about this during some conversations we have been having about the future war in Arizona that we're going to release later in the year. Actually, this news came out the same day that we were interviewing Enrique Vivoni. He's a scientist engineer who specializes in hydrology at the Arizona State University. He's Enrique that day.
2: Yeah, I think this is hot off the press. A news conference today by our Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs pointed to a study by the Arizona Department of Resources. Department of Water Resources, uh, that showed limits to growth, specifically freezing of new developments that don't currently have the appropriate permits, the assured water supply permits, and that were de- going to depend solely on groundwater.
0: To explain a little bit more where this is coming from and the effects this might have, here's Grady again.
1: So, the Groundwater Management Act was passed in 1980, created this 100 year assured supply rule. The 100 year assured supply rule under the new declaration has been found to have insufficient water to support 100 years of growth in the parts of Metro Phoenix that are not designated providers. The big cities in the valley are all designated providers. So this declaration has nothing to do with the city of Phoenix. So this would be like unincorporated land on the fringes. It it is unincorporated land on the fringes. And in a couple cases, namely Buckeye Mm -hmm. and Queen Creek, it is incorporated cities that are not designated because they didn't exist when the Central Arizona project was handed out. So the way all these cities are designated is because they have a diverse water portfolio. Mm -hmm. They have groundwater, CAP water, and in the case of the older cities in the valley, they have SRP water. And between all of those things, they can show up 100-year assured supply for all of the potential growth.
0: Okay, so here's where it gets tricky with a lot of details. So let's listen to him.
1: So what the Department of Water Resources did, they did this first on the west side, the Hacienda Basin, and then they've now done it for the entire Phoenix Area base, in the Phoenix AMA, is to look at the projected growth and determine whether or not that growth, which can only be served currently by groundwater, can be sustained for 100 years. And they concluded that there is a 4% shortfall in the amount of groundwater over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Now, let's just pause on that for a minute. 4% projection on 100 years is frankly crazy. You cannot project anything a hundred years out yeah. and be right. You will be wrong. If the Social Security Trust Fund had a four percent shortfall in a hundred years, we'd all be ecstatic. <laughs> it would be the best that had ever looked in its history. Yeah. But nevertheless, that's the way this process works. So a couple of things about the assumptions underlying that those findings. One is that is based on current per capita use by the Phoenix urban area per capita use is going down every year and it will surely get more efficient over the course of a hundred years. Second thing is that it is projected based on the maximum entitlements that are on kind of community general plans in those areas. No one ever achieves maximum entitlement. Developers hire people like me to seek very high entitlement so that they can meet the market, whatever the market is. But the reality is that as you develop, because you have to put in streets and parks and other things, typically you can only realize 70 to 75% of the maximum entitlement. Okay. So that would solve the problem right there if you cut it that much. Nevertheless, that's the way the Department of Water Resources has to do it. They don't know and they don't have any other way of making an assumption. And that assumption is based on there being no other water sources brought in to serve those areas. And there are lots of such other water sources. Queen Creek is buying water from the main stem of the Colorado River. Buckeye is buying water from the harquahela Valley, which is farther out. Those are complicated things, and they will take a while to get delivered. Yeah. But to me, all of that means the reality is that this is an important finding to make us think about how we use water and how we grow, but that it is not, frankly, even that big
2: a problem.
0: Going back to the effects that these pause may have, he's Enrique with his point of view.
2: That doesn't mean there won't be growth. It just has to be a different type of growth. Right. There's going to be winners and losers. The land developer on the edge is going to be a loser in this game. Now, they have lobbyists, so things might change. (laughs) The... Owner of land in cities with water portfolios that have more water available than current demands, those are going to be winners. This doesn't mean that these landowners can't develop with other water sources. They can go out and purchase water in a marketplace at a higher cost than the groundwater well that they were planning to do. It makes it harder. For that to happen doesn't make it impossible. They just can't rely on the groundwater source.
0: Obviously, this is just a small part of a bigger and more complex conversation of our relationship with water here in the desert. It was important to us to hear from different people and their different perspectives on this topic. And for the full episode, you're not only going to hear from Enrique and Grady. You will also hear from the architect Brian Farling, the landscape architect Todd Briggs, Erica Lee Hansen, she's an artist, researcher, and educator. Elenia Aguilar, an elected board member of the Central Arizona Water Conservation District. And Stephanie Smallhouse, current president of the Arizona Farming Bureau.
1: If we believe there is no real problem, and we convince ourselves there is no real problem, we will behave inappropriately.
0: In the meantime, while we release the full episode, we would love to hear from you. Send us your thoughts and opinion about this topic on our Instagram or send us an email to tracingarchitecture at gmail.com.